Joining me is James Rushton from the 7500 to Holt Aston Villa podcast. James, how are you feeling about Villa season so far? Um, it started off badly. I think the meme was there with Steve Bruce. Um, I think people were dreading a playoff final um, or the the probability of a playoff final, which contained Tony Pulis and Steve Bruce, which it could have done last season. Um, but yeah, um, he's gone. Dean Smith's in and it's looking really positive. We're playing really good football and I think we're finally fulfilling our potential. I mean, we're quite an entitled fan base and I think... If you're called Villa, Aston Villa, you have to be if you're carrying that name around. Um, but yeah, we're finally kind of putting our money where our mouth is, so to speak, and uh, winning some games in style. Yeah, so what what was the situation last season? Obviously, you got to the, the playoff final and, and lost to, to Fulham, but was that uh, a big letdown? Were, were you expecting uh, automatic promotion? Yeah, I think we really had to go all in and get that first or second place. But, you know, Fulham and Cardiff, Fulham... Cardiff and uh, Wolves was just far too good last season. Cardiff had a lot of momentum behind them, and I think if they went through the playoffs, they would they wouldn't have got they wouldn't have got to the Premier League. Um, but we had to fall at the playoffs. We got to the playoff final. Um, we were buoyed completely by momentum in a similar manner to Cardiff. Um, we relied on too much individual talent to get through the day, and not enough tactics or tactical noose. Um, so when Steve Bruce was up against Jukanovic in the uh, playoff final, we were overrun. We had too much aging bodies, and we weren't prepared to adapt. Mm. Or reconsider our lineup, and um, so John Terry and Alan Hutton got completely mugged off by Fulham in that playoff final. But the momentum carried us there, so I'm grateful for getting there in the first place. But I think um, we ran out of steam at the worst time possible. Yeah, uh, in terms of the longer term story, then for Villa, obviously it's been a, a really rough uh, few years for you guys. What what have been the underlying causes of that? Uh, bad ownership, um, Tony Shaw of course, was quite high profile, high profile. But before him, Randy Lerner. Um, now, Lerner was completely enamoured by the club, but I don't think he knew or understood enough about it to effectively run it. So he would hand the job off to his CEO, which is it's common cause nowadays. But um, his CEOs weren't that good anyway. So we had Tom Fox and Paul Faulkner, and they didn't really deliver. And we kind of... we. We bought all into analytics and it didn't work out. We kind of just do these things where we all, you know, pin our master, pin our flag to something and, r- and run with it. And um, that seems to be quite common that Villa do that. And um, we just pin our flag to the wrong things and go down with that ship. Um, we bought into the young players, we bought into stats, um, but in complete, you know, we didn't acknowledge any context. We just done these things because they was cool or they were maybe the right things to do. And we, we suffered for that. We suffered for a lack of uh, investment. We, um, under Paul Lambert, we had this team that resembled like a League One team. So you had Westwood and Bakuna, um, develop still developing in a Premier League side that was trying its damnedest to stay up. So with Villa, it's just bad ideas, bad investment, and uh, not really much of a, a, a good forward thinking or any any plan at all. And I think it's similar to most teams that come down or have come down in recent years, especially Sunderland. And I would say to some degree Stoke, but more so Sunderland. Um, Sunderland went down in bad fashion like we did and they're still suffering for it. Mm. Uh, obviously things looking up a bit more for you guys now. You've unbeaten in your last six in the league and you're scoring a lot of goals. A four, five, three and two in your last league games. What, what's what been the biggest difference Dean Smith's made? Because a lot was made of him and his Brentford side were very impressive at our place earlier in the season. What what, is it, what has he done to kind of shake up this, this Villa team? I think he's given the players more instructions and he's taken, you know, the, his managerial role or his role as, you know, quote-unquote head coach. Um, 
with both hands. He's grabbed it with both hands and he's really got involved with the team. He's a fan of Villa, so that helps. But he's he's given instructions to players that probably weren't that heavily coached in the past. Um, everything seems planned out. So Dean Smith will come out of a match and say, we planned a trap in that match. And what is the trap? I don't get what the trap is in football, but it's something, you know, bringing new ideas, at least to Villa, that we haven't seen in a while or seen ever before. So with Dean Smith, the best, what I have to say, the best thing is he's using the squad as it should be used. Under Steve Bruce, we kind of sat back at times and we were unconfident and we sat back with a deep block and relied heavily on our defence. With Dean Smith, we are going the other way. We're using the attacking players like we have, like Jack Grealish and Tammy Abraham, Anwar Al-Ghazi, Yannick Bellassi. And we're really buying into their talents and playing on the front foot. And we're dominating at home. And we're trying to dominate away, which is, you know, it's what a team that should, if you're aiming for those top two places, that's what you need to do. And under Steve Bruce, we weren't doing that. We were kind of very timid away and slightly timid at home, scared to give away goals. Under Smith, we we don't really mind giving goals away. Our defence is rubbish and our goalkeeper has his, has his issues. So we will score goals. And Dean Smith is buying into the fact that you need to outscore the opposition, especially if your defence is kind of poor. And if you're playing that high up the pitch, you have to score more goals. And uh, that's the, the best for the biggest thing I have to say is that Villa is finally scoring a lot of goals, as you said. Mm. And has he then kind of recalibrated your ambitions for this season? Did you think you had a, a playoff shout under Steve Bruce? And given your run of form, are, are you maybe looking higher than the playoffs in, for those top two positions? Yeah, I think our attention is absolutely on those top two positions now. Um, before under Steve Bruce, we kind of hit a stumble and we kind of lost a lot of pace. And we're picking up it. We're picking up the pace up now, but we've lost or drawn too many games which we probably sort of walked away with three points in and um, the Sheffield United loss was devastating I think we were beat, beaten 4-1 away from home and that kind of set the tone then we drew against Preston and um, we should have been walking out with three points we drew against Reading for God's sake we should have we should have been walking out with these matches with three points so we're really off the pace and it kind of looked the foregone conclusion that we'll just have to settle this season and when we really couldn't afford to we should have been at least aiming for promotion but um, yeah, a playoff spot, I think, would have been a bonus. Uh, but under Dean Smith, we've really adjusted our expectations. I think we everyone is buying into this team and backing this team to the hilt. And we all want automatic promotion. And, and it, there is a feeling that we kind of need it at this point. Mm. Uh, so what have you made of kind of the the promotion race in the championship? Who, who are you looking at your main rivals for those top two spots? Who do you think is going to kind of last the distance? I think Sheffield United have a good a really good shot I think I've seen um, from some graphs and statistics that they're doing more than all right but they kind of aren't occupying the the spaces they should Um, they should be looking at first or second from the way they're playing and if they lose a bit of confidence I think that'll knock them because uh, if they aren't delivering on what they should be then they're not going to finish first or second Leeds and Norwich I think are the easy picks for that I wanted to go out there and say Sheffield United but Leeds and Norwich I think as long as we can keep pace with Leeds, I think we'll be fine. But, you know, Leeds are Leeds, and I think the running joke is mm. they're, they're due a collapse. But under Bielsa, they look pretty hot. I think you, you played them in the first game of the season. Am I, yeah, am I right, right in saying that? One of the first games. And they look really good. It looked like an instant turnaround from last season. So as long as we can keep pace with Leeds and match Leeds, I'll be happy. And I, I definitely view them as probably our main rivals for one of those top two spots. I don't know about Norwich if I, if I stay on. But uh, yeah, I'm looking at Leeds and if we can keep pace with uh, those guys. Yeah, it's an, it's an interesting one. Uh, 
my my only doubt with Leeds is that that kind of staying yeah. power. Have they got the 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 bodies in to to cope with Bielsa's football for the rest of the season? Uh, obviously, you guys have turned it around, and you guys will be in the conversation. But I think uh, I think Tony Pulis's Middlesbrough will probably do it just because we know yes, what Tony yes. Pulis is like. He he'll uh, he'll make a absolute fortress out of the Riverside for the running. Um, moving on, then uh, talk about some of the Aston Villa players. Obviously, one player Stoke fans are very familiar with is Glenn Whelan. Whelan, a bit of a bit of a hero in these parts, part of our uh, promotion-winning team, part of the team that stayed up in the Premier League and uh, stayed with us for pretty much nearly every Premier League season before he uh, made his move. What What's the kind of perception of him at Villa Park? Is he How regularly is he playing and uh, what do the Villa fans make of him? Well, to be last season, you probably won't want to hear this, um, but last season he was treated almost like a, a, a joke. Um, Glenn Whelan, you know, he'll get run over in midfield. Um, he'll be he'll be slow in midfield, and he didn't really perform amazingly well. And when Berkier Bjarnason kind of came to the fore and developed in midfield, there was no real point in playing him because Berkier looked a, like looked a better defensive midfielder. But this season, when he's come in in cameo roles, he's genuinely looked a lot better than he did last season. And I think it's a shame that we st- some Villa fans still have the opinion that he's a joke, that he's too old all this and that because I've really liked what I've seen from him this season he's solid he's reliable he genuinely look like seems like he likes Villa which you know isn't always common with many of our players but he genuinely seems like he's found a second home um, after moving from Stoke where he was there for years and he seems like he likes playing here and that he wants to do the best for the team regardless of the role he occupies he's not going to sulk if he's not playing um, he come on against Borough and scored, you know, a tremendous goal that he just slammed off uh, Darren Randolph's palms and it spun into the net. And, uh, you know, he seemed to love that. And I, I'm really happy for him. His family are great. He donates to, you know, charities in the local area. He seems to genuinely love being part of the Villa. I think his contracts end up um, up at the end of the season or next season. And I, you know, if he goes, it'll be with a heavy heart, to be honest, for me, because he's developed from a player who probably wasn't performing at the highest level for us. But he's one that seems to always try and it seems to be coming good for him, but just a little bit too late when we're looking to kind of move on and go younger. He was definitely a peak Steve Bruce signing. And I think it was just a shame that, you know, Villa, some opinions of him are from the early days when he wasn't really settled in at Villa after he moved from so many years at Stoke. Of course, he'd be unsettled. Yeah, yeah, that sounds about right. I mean, uh I was kind of uh, maybe doubtful over whether he could succeed at Villa because it was becoming clear that he, he didn't have the, mm. the legs he once did in midfield. And obviously going down to the championship, uh, you may you may not have the same intensity, but you're playing more games, you know, it, it can be really physically demanding. So uh, I'm pleased that he he's, he's found a role, uh, even if it's not necessarily playing every single game at Villa because... Uh, like you said, him and his family do seem like genuinely lovely people, and uh, you're never going to get anything less than 100% from him. Um, moving on to the to the rest of your team, then there's no Jack Graylish uh, for you guys on Saturday, uh, which sounds like good news to us because I think most people will see him as, as the main man for you. But uh, who else should be should we be wary of? Yeah, it's a shame Graylish is out because part of his threat 
is uh, winning set pieces because he's kicked a bit. And sometimes he will make a meal of it. We have to say he will make a meal of it. But most of the, you know, you aren't the most fouled player in the championship for no reason. You know, the, the trend is there that he gets kicked a bit and wins the fouls. We're really good from set pieces. We're not good at defending them. But he gets in the good positions to win a foul and get a really good free kick in. Um, so with him missing, who's going to fall over a lot? who's going to get kicked. And I, I don't really see anyone fulfilling that role apart from the young Callum O'Hare. I f- he's very similar to Grealish. He's more of a messy style though, um, kind of free role type of player. He's nowhere near, of course, uh, Lionel's talents. But he may start against Stoke and this would be, I think, his first start for Aston Villa in a league match. And he's quite quite gifted, if I do so, so, do say so myself. Um, it's just whether he'll be trusted with a start against Stoke, because Stoke are, you know, they're quite a capable unit now, from what I've seen anyway. So if he's trusted with a start, we'll see what happens and see. you'll probably see how exciting he can be. But I don't think that will happen. I think what we'll do is we'll move Conor Hurrahan um, from defensive midfield further up the pitch to a more natural role from him, for him. I, he won't draw the same amount of fouls as Grealish, but he's certainly capable of the same talents, you know, the the incisive pass into the box, the direct threat. I think he's got a lot to give from that, a lot to give for us from that position. So we'll 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 see. I think Glenn Whelan will come in to replace Hurahan there, and that will solve our midfield problem. And uh, you'll get a nice, uh, maybe give a nice wave to Whelan. I don't know. I don't think you'll, you guys will boo him or anything. No, no, no. You'll be very happy to see him. Uh, well, if he if he has a bad game, we'll, we'll be very happy to see him. But um, <laughs> there could be a bit of. Um, Stoke fans being wise after the event, if he if you beat us and he has a good game, it should be oh we never should have sold Wheeler yes. and all the rest of it. Well, we probably should have. Um, the the issue was we kind of never really uh, brought in a proper defensive midfielder to replace him. Um, just uh, looking at the rest of your your squad, Tammy Abraham, eleven goals in fifteen games. Uh, is he is he the real bit real deal? Yeah, he's scoring. You know, he's scoring goals um, at an incredible rate. Four against Nottingham Forest was he could have had six in that game. Um, he's really getting into the right place. He's he's a hard worker as well. He demands so much from the players around him. He'll scream at um, senior players like Jonathan Codger, Albert Adoma on the wings. He won't have any. You know, he wants people putting in a hundred percent because he's going to put in a hundred and ten. Um, it's that's really good to see from a lone player. And obviously, he's playing for his position back at Chelsea. Why wouldn't he? But he's also playing for an England spot. I kind of forgot that Tammy Abraham, I think he had an England cap or at least an England call-up. Um, so he wants to get back there. And the only way he's going to do that is by playing exceptionally well at this level and getting his way back into that Chelsea squad. Um, there's rumours that he might be recalled in January. And I can really see that happening. Um, not just because he's doing so well, but because Chelsea strikers aren't really scoring as much goals as maybe is required of them. And maybe Tammy Abraham might be a, a different injection for him, but he's certainly doing tremendously well at this level. He's demanding so much of the team and he's gaining the right top spots to score goals and he's a real handful. Um, he's, he seemed exceptionally hard to deal with because he's got so many tricks to his game. He can play from deep, he can lead the line. He's happy on the wings. He's all over the place. So uh, yeah, he's a, he's a definite threat. Uh, you mentioned uh, you can't really defend and I'm looking at the defenders you've got. You've got kind of, experienced former Premier League players in there, Neil Taylor, James Chester, El Mohamedi, Alan Hutton. Um, first of all, I don't know if this is completely unfair, but uh, watching Alan Hutton score that incredible goal against uh, the Blues in the Second City derby, uh, not only was I amazed that Alan Hutton can do that, I was amazed that Alan Hutton's still going, because 
I remember him from from years and years ago, right at the very start of our kind of <laughs> Premier League time. So, uh, what's going on there? And is it maybe the case that you need a bit of bit more youth at the back to kind of freshen you up a bit? Maybe I think our uh, best performer at the back is uh, Axel Twanzibi, who's on loan from Manchester United. I believe he's twenty or twenty-one years old, and he's he's exceptionally good. Um, if we manage to sign him at the end of the season, if we go up, that'd be a massive coup for us. Um, but yeah, the defense it always seems a bit hectic. Um, John Terry probably helped a lot with the organization, despite his lack of mobility. I think he was a good instructor. I'm not saying that James Chester isn't, but there's a definite drop off from last year. It may be that Villa, because they're playing with such a high line, that they're naturally going to let a lot of goals in over the top or from pace on the wings. But um, no, a lot of it seems hectic, uh, disorganised and uh, ill-fought out. And I think that may be the game situation. It might just take any planning and and just throw it into the wind for Villa. But uh, against West Brom, um, you saw Harvey Barnes kind of dribble out to the wing and Alan Hutton try and track him. Hutton tries to tackle him and take the ball away from him. But it's just one of those where he puts the ball into Barnes' path and just gives him more momentum. And that's Villa all over in defence. They're just kind of all over the place and it all seems a bit last gasp hectic and I'm not really sure of the cause it just doesn't seem it's it's just like the ball when it gets to Villa's defensive line it pinballs around and it's just uncontrollable for him uh, so what have you made of Stoke so far this season then uh, and we've well we've kind of had a uh, a poor start of the season by what everyone was saying in the media in terms of predicting us to, to win the league and everything uh, but does the fact that we've slightly turned the corner in the last few games and uh, the fact we've got a good record in generally speaking at Villa Park, does that give you cause for concern? Yeah, I mean, it's just a hangover from the Pulis days where uh, a, a trip to Stoke or a visit from Stoke is always a concern because they always seem to, you know, I remember Glenn Whelan's goal, um, I think 1st of March 2009 or was mm. it? And that took the wind of our, out of ourselves right right back then. So uh, Stoke always have a reputation f- for that with us. I think our first, uh, your first game in the Premier League was against us at the Britannia, or second. Yeah, our first and, home uh, game was against you guys. Yeah, yeah and uh, we were really surprised then. So Stoke have kind of always managed to surprise us without sounding, you know, like I'm ho- I'm on the higher ground or Villa on the higher ground there or, or the bigger club. But Stoke have always kind of pulled the rug from underneath us. And I think that may continue. Um, I certainly think Villa have a fair bit of momentum going into this, but Stoke are also unbeaten in, is it eight games? Mm. Um, last time they lost, you guys lost was what, October, was it? So, yeah, yeah it's uh, it's certainly up for grabs. And uh, Gary Rowett has always kind of had something out for Villa. I think he's a Villa fan. Um, I remember seeing that, that he's an Aston Villa fan, but he's always kind of had something against Villa I think that might be from his time at Blues but he's always tried it seems like he really brings his A game against us um, we always seem to have a really tough time it's certainly with Gary Rowett um, when he was managing Blues it was a bit harder for us to beat them it wasn't 4-2 it was more like a, a last gasp tricky 1-0 so I think Stoke um, they're certainly improving um, you had a really tough time kind of adjusting to the championship when you dropped, and I think you, the way you come down didn't help because it was kind of a bit toxic. If I remember, Charlie Adam was in the press all the time, being Charlie Adam, and uh, I don't mm. think that helped. But when you dropped, it was uh, under that toxic cloud in a, in a similar manner to us and Sunderland. But it seems like you stabilise. Um, Gary Rowett's always a solid championship option. 
So it looks like it may be a year of consolidation, um, maybe playoffs. I don't know. I don't want to um, at the Stoke expert when I've seen one game. Mm-hmm. But uh, no, I think it will be a, a case of consolidation. But I think I'd be really positive about Stoke in the championship and, and bouncing back up at some point. Because it's always got to be on the cards, especially with Gary Rowett. And maybe there, there might be funds for him. I don't know, because Derby certainly didn't have the funds for him at the end. Yeah, it, it's a, it's a, it's an odd one. And... I don't really know what to make of uh, the game on Saturday because we have picked up uh, good away wins against, you know, decent sides away from home in the championship. We we won one nil at Norwich when they were seven unbeaten, yeah. for example. So kind of uh, a scrappy one nil like that gives you confidence of maybe stopping this runaway Aston Villa train. But uh, at the same time, I don't think Rowett's approach to those games will necessarily suit. Uh, playing against you guys I don't think sitting back and maybe nicking a goal is going to be the way to go given what you've said about uh, how good you are going forward versus how uh, exposed you can get at the back Uh, I mean it's got the potential for an uh, exciting game for me I I can see um, I can I can see 3-0 to either side bizarrely well, maybe not three 0 to us, but <laughs> but you know, I mean, I can I can see a high scoring draw uh, anyway. Um, so, how, how do you see it going, to, uh, panning out? Then could I press you for a prediction? Yeah, um, I'm going to because I'm a Villa fan. I'm going to say two 0 to Villa, but I certainly don't want to act with any condescension towards Stoke because I think again, pulling the rug out from under us, Gary Rara, his history with us, and certainly some of the players you've got. Um, I mean, I don't know if Berahino will play. I don't know how good he's been doing for you at this season. But he seems to have, like, something against us. Uh, probably because Alan Hutton kicked him in the crotch uh, nice. back in the day. Yeah, and he's never been the same player, I don't think, since then. And that oh. might be to do with the Tottenham Tottenham move that failed. But uh, he doesn't look like the same bloke he once was, certainly. Yeah, but well, um, well, I'm Berahino, worried about him. Berahino this season has gone uh, from being almost a pariah, from being the absolute joke figure, to being actually... I'd say if you gave Stoke fans a name, your five best players of the season, Berahino would feature in almost every list. He's kind of um, adapted slightly. He's playing a more withdrawn role, so he's not put in as many uh, potentially embarrassing one-on-one situations. So we're not relying on his his finishing, thank God. Uh, But he's working really hard, which we we didn't see from him in the Premier League. So uh, maybe maybe he'll uh, exact revenge on Alan Hutton. Yeah, I feel playing on the same flank, that's going to be uh, dangerous to watch because, uh, yeah, he definitely uh, left his boot in on Berahino in a, a very dangerous place for the young man. Um, no, I, I was surprised to see his age as well. I thought he was 22 still. I think Eternal 22, but he's uh, mm. kicking on a bit now. Um, yeah, I hope he turns it on. I, I genuinely did like him. Um, and I thought he was a real talent. So uh, I genuinely hope he turns it on for you guys. But uh, no, I'm a, a bit worried about this match. Um, I, I, I say that about everyone. Though. I was worried about Blues. Derby, all the rest, and uh, Villa have really kind of impressed me in the fact that they've made me uh, made my predictions fall flat, and they've uh, certainly proved me wrong. But again, I think a good team they lose at some point. I think Villa could go unbeaten at home for the rest of the season. It'd be a big ask, and uh, I certainly think they will lose at some point. But whether it's at Villa Park or on the visit to the Britannia, I think there is. Is it still a bit? It's a bet three six five stadium yeah. now, isn't it? Yeah. So uh, when they go to your place, I think there's more chance you'll win that one rather than this one. That, that's probably accurate, James Rushton. Thank you very much. Thanks for having me on.